everybody. Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hutink, and of course, my co-host, Christian Conway. I hope you enjoy this in the air conditioning with a nice cool beverage. Yeah, and if you're not, I hope you still enjoy us in that hot sun that took down LAFC. <laughs> Dylan Hernandez found dead in the corner. So... Before we get into that, thank you all for listening and coming back to us. I actually want to plug our social media. So I am MC Hootink on Twitter. And then we have Transpants121. You can find us on Instagram under Simply Soccer. And That's our it. Twitter is also Simply Soccer Pod. And there's two underscores after our name. Simply Soccer underscore underscore. Give us a follow. Give us a like. And... Uh... Give us some some engagement. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for those who have sent in their questions, comments, concerns, and overall likes and listening listeners. Um, yeah, okay. So LA Galaxy 1-2-0. I am so glad that we were wrong again. This is why we don't do predictions on this show. <laughs> because we usually get them wrong. But I mean... What a, what a, as we were saying on, on Friday on the pod, I think one of the things that I, I kept stressing was, you know, are they going to be able to turn in a 90 minute performance? And this is probably the most consummate, complete Galaxy performance since Minnesota in the playoffs last year, where every minute they looked comfortable. They looked, you know, I, admittedly, LAFC didn't have their best stuff. I think we can agree on that. But I mean, every minute of this game, the Galaxy looked like they were in control, like they weren't overmatched, that they actually, you know, had attacking intent for all 90 minutes. And it, it was, it was an impressive performance. I mean, this is the, this is the kind of performance that can turn a season around, and, and we can only hope that that it does. But I mean, you know, and it wasn't just you know Pavone dragging the galaxy through. It was a complete performance from you know from from front to back by every player on that field for the galaxy. So it's 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 a credit to Shaloto. I think this is if this is the game like this is the game that I think gets everyone back on side with Shaloto because it's it's a credit to him that he got everything completely right on the day and hopefully he can you know use this as a building block so i'm still not convinced um even after this performance i am happy as a fan i'm super proud i'm super glad um not just because it was lafc i mean the fact that it was <laughs> you know a, a annoying rival to shut them up for a little bit i hope um it, it does it does bring that sense of hope back, like really um, putting in that that passion that we were kind of hoping that we would see back from them. I really felt like, hey, like you said, in, when we were messaging each other back and forth, this was kind of like reminiscent of the 2011 Galaxy team. Yeah, I mean, they were, they, they were stingy in defense. They were solid. They... The, the 2011 2012 galaxy teams what i always remember is that they were never really flashy or they you know they 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 never really played this like very flashy showy style of soccer it was well straight up it's messy not sexy yeah <laughs> <laughs> they 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 went about their work at, and i i hate using this term around teams but i think it's it's kind of the only way i can i can really describe it is they almost went about their work in a blue collar kind of way which was that Everyone knew their role. Everyone knew what to, that they had to get down and dirty and get the job done. And they did it. And that was what was the Galaxy on Saturday against LAFC at the bank, which was that every it wasn't flashy. It wasn't necessarily pretty, but it was effective and it got the job done. And that's what they really needed to do. And I mean, you know, obviously some, some stellar individual performances from from the attacking three in terms of Araujo, Lejet and Pavon. But, you know, I, I highlight the center of defense, especially Stares and Dupuy, who 
you know, it's not easy to play that, that LAFC front attacking line. And they did it with, with a certain level of comfort and, and ease that I, I, I don't think LAFC's really seen uh, in terms of dealing with their, with their attack and or their talent and attack. So and it's, it's a full credit to this team. I mean, every player stepped up and, and, and had big moments and that's what you want to see. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I mean, I feel like we lose with Chicharito. I, the thing is, I, I don't think it mattered who was up top. I think, you know, I, I, I think that... Well, yeah, with Zubac, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think the, the way that the team, the team played outside of the, you know, out, even, you know, I think, the, I think the way the team played, it wouldn't matter who you plugged in on top. I think this would have been a complete result regardless. It's just a question of, you know, does Chicharito score that goal that Zubac scores? I'd argue yes. I think any striker worth their salt has to finish that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think it would have mattered. I think it's the... The big thing to take away from this game is not that, you know, is not, oh, who would have, you know, like if Chicharito had started, what would have happened? I think the big takeaway is look at this. This starting 11 put together 90 minutes of complete, cohesive, defensively oriented, smart soccer. And that's a really good place to be as a Galaxy fan for a team that really, I think our biggest question was going into the season, going into last season, and, and arguably going into 2017 was, you know, defensively, what is this going to look like? And, you know, for them to turn in a performance where defensively it looks so solid, I think this is a really positive sign. Yeah, I'm looking at your what you said about, you know, the formation, because I had asked about it. And it started as a 4-2-3-1. Then when Jonah came on, it it was more like a 4-5-1 with Pavone as the one. And then, of course, losing Araujo to cramps kind of threw a wrench in the whole thing. Yeah, and, and, and kind of uh, almost reassessing kind of what it looks like, uh, just mm-hmm. looking at kind of the the tactics maps and, and, and what have you when, when it started it, on paper, it's a four, two, three, one, but it really does almost play like a four, 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 one, one with legit kind of sitting right behind Zubac and basically playing the, the prototypical number 10. And I mean, this is, this is legit. This is legit's game. I mean, he was absolutely brilliant on the ball at times in, in this game. And I mean, he, yeah, this might be the way to unlock what legit does so very well in terms of seeing the field and passing, you know, his passing ability, et cetera. Like, maybe he needs to have that little bit more freedom. But, you know, the other, I mean, the other big player in this game is Araujo, I think, who, for me, is the man of the match. I mean, two assists, industrious work rate. I mean, he's he's taken a step up. And now, you know, I mean, Galaxy fans, enjoy him while you can, because I think he's definitely destined for something bigger than the LA Galaxy. Yeah, and that's a... Uh, two things like one, yeah, Araujo even stood up to like three LAFC fans, uh, fans, sorry, players getting in his face. And is that, isn't um, that on his thing, own? <laughs> isn't that the thing that's been missing from the Galaxy Crest though over the past like yeah. three years? Is just a guy who's going to do that, who's not going to take shit and is just going to stand up and say, look, you know, this is who we are and this is what we do. And, you know, it, it was, it was so heartening. And it, I, I think you can, you, can look at it two ways. You can look at it and say, look, it's, you know, it's kind of disappointing that, you know, an 18 year old kid has to come up and, and be the guy that does that, you know, for the first time in three years in the galaxy kit. But like there, there, there's a fire around this team. And I think, you know, almost having, they almost had to go and get embarrassed Orlando in order for this fire to kind of be rekindled, which is that we're not going to take this anymore. You know, it, it's, t- it's the proverbial Klinsman quote about, Oh, they need to be nastier. Like this is what the, what the galaxy kind of needed to be, which was like, just a little bit grittier, a little bit more, you know, in your face and, you know, not backing down. And that's exactly what Araujo was doing in that game. And I, it, I mean, kudos to the kid. I mean, he's, he's, he's the real deal. And, you know, th- this is a big, this was, I think this was kind of the, the, 
the proverbial Julian Araujo coming out party in terms of realizing what a what a star he can be. Yeah, um, I mean, El Trafico matches are always physical. You know that it's going to be a good game uh, minus our 6-2 loss. But um, back to Pavone, of course, like he actually on the game notes is listed as also assisting. Um, so, you know, with his runs, with his transitions, we, we always knew that he was the, the best guy on the pitch. Well, I mean, you look at the play where he takes on two LAFC defenders and, and oh yeah, you know, he scuffs the shot because he's, you know, he's a little off balance. He lost trying. balance, but yeah. And then the but commentator said that he shouldn't have taken that shot. And I'm like, why not? I'm glad that he took that shot. Yeah. I, I mean, I can, I, I think there are, if it's not Pavon, then I agree with that statement that maybe the shot should have been taken. He should have found the pass, but it's Pavon. I mean, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's insane. And, and the way, you know, like I think Pavon operates is that, you know, he's, definitely very South American Argentine in the set in the sense that you know he takes those two guys on absolutely destroys them on the dribble and then wants to finish that chance I don't blame him like you know he wants to be selfish because that's that looks really good on the highlight rail like and and I don't blame him for that like that's I that's a good shot to take but you know I think with Pavon I mean defensively they I was noticing they were triple marking him out of the game at times, which I think, you know, Pavon necessarily didn't have his best game in the Galaxy jersey. I, I think we can agree on that. But I mean, when you're getting triple marked out of a yeah, game, yeah, I could that, see his frustration. Yeah, I mean, he was getting triple marked by the entire, you know, side of the LA, LAFC defense. I mean, like that was, you know, Latif Blessing was getting pulled all over the place because he had. He, I think Latif Blessing's job was to track Pavon. Um, so I, I get his frustration, but you know, like I mean, those moments of individual brilliance are are why I, I fully believe the Galaxy, if they do not uh, trigger this release clause for Pavona, really shooting themselves in the foot. Because, I mean, I, I don't think I've really seen a player that has kind of the individual just audacity to try that in the Galaxy jersey in a long time. And I think that's it's just a good thing to have in the, in, in the clubhouse, you know? Like, it's a good thing to, to, to know that, you know, if you're in a tight game or if you're in a game where, you know, at times the Galaxy really did seem like they were sitting pretty far back and letting LAFC kind of dominate possession in the attacking third, just having a guy that can, you know, make a breaking run, beat two guys on the on the dribble, and then score like that's a, a that's a good safety valve to have. And so, you know, I think Pavon just just showed what Pavon is, which is just in you know, he's one of the best players in MLS. And like that was, I think there were times where that was a, a reminder and an affirmation that Pavon was was that. Yeah, I want to buy him. I want to keep him. I mean, I've always wanted to. Um, a lot of people would argue that you know, he needs to, he needs to go to Europe. Um, but I'm not ready to let go yet. I also think, you know, 25 years old, went to a world cup in 2018, played in, uh, in, in that world cup three games. I mean, if it was going to happen for him in Europe, wouldn't have happened by now is, is kind of my thought on that. Like mm. I, I, I get, you know, that he's probably a little bit ahead of MLS quality. I, I understand that, but I mean, I don't think a European team is going to spend $20 million on a, on a 25 year old Argentine winger where, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now, you know, like, so I think, yes. So we need to, yeah, I think the galaxy need to step up and do that. Yeah. Especially since we always talk about our money in, you know? Um, yeah. So Zubak had early chances and then he gets that header on the 26th minute and obviously serviced great service from Araujo. Yeah. And, and, and this is kind of, this is the the thing about LAFC this year, which is that we knew everyone talked about the attack and no one talked about the defense. I mean, if you look at the, the defensive marking on that free kick, 
and 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 the set piece that then Araujo serves in. I mean, it, it's pretty lacking. I mean, there's four unmarked Galaxy players and one center back, I believe it was Jakovic, who's just like, where is my help? Um, but I mean, look, you know, the, Ethan Zubak. I think a lot of his his problem the stick he gets is that he's never looked really confident on the field. He's never looked really confident at this level. And sometimes, you know, for a young kid like him, you know, just, you just need to see the ball go in the back of the net once or twice, you know, like that, just that feeling, you know, even if it's an easy finish, which I think, again, any striker worth their salt is going to finish that every single time. Um, you know, in, I think that's going to help him a lot. And especially, I mean, this is, if you, what a way to score your first goal, right? And then, like, yeah. in, your, in your club's yeah, biggest rivalry. And his third start. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think this is, this can only be good for, for him. And I think, you know, he, he struggled a little bit uh, against it at, in this game. I think he's not, he's not ready for the highest level yet, but, you know, I think scoring a goal in, in your third start in a major rivalry game can only really kind of give you the confidence to move forward. And so, I, you know, I hope, I hope he learned, like, you know, I hope he uses it as a learning opportunity. He doesn't get too, you know, almost cocky, so to speak. But, you know, I think there's, there was moments in this game where, I would have had Chicharito over Zubac. I think there's no question. But, you know, for, for being pressed into service in a game where, let's face it, I think all of us saying that starting 11 were really kind of negative, um, to, to score a goal and to look, to look at times, you know, dangerous, uh, I think is, it, it's, a good mm-hmm. step, it's a good step forward for the kids. So I, I hope that he takes this and, and moves forward in a positive direction. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Galaxy scored on a set piece. There were three unmarked players in the box. So I really think that... You know, this is what we were really good at before, scoring on set pieces. And it's good to see to see us back with that. And and of course the young players getting getting in. Um that said, it you know, Legette's been really given given a hard time lately. And rightly so. And for him to be able to have that spark back, I mean, even just in the 37th minute when I saw him kiss kiss the ball when he was taking the corner kick, I was like, there's that that team love, you know? Like, like it just was back for me. And you, you know that when he plays for the U.S. men's national team, that he is the spark. And so finally, like, we see it. We see it, and he gets his goal. So hopefully that's a boost for him. Um, and what a goal at that too, um, uh, for him to run down the middle like that and just totally take it. Um, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a brilliant passage of play from the entire galaxy. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, that was, that was probably one of the best moves I've seen the galaxy involved in, in, in terms of, of, of a goal since I think that, that LAFC match at the bank or at a stub hub or dignity health, excuse me now. Um, I think they've gone through so many names. It always confuses me. Yeah. Uh, it's still Home Depot Center in my heart. God damn it. I know. Uh, right. <laughs> but, uh, but there was that flowing move that the galaxy had where it was like six passes. Bobby Alvarez hits a back heel and Ibrahimovic completes his hat trick. And like that movement was so like the thing that struck me is like, it's a fantastic finish for Ibrahimovic. It's, you know, a, a pretty long range finish to be Tyler Miller. You could argue Tyler Miller could have done better, but it was the movement before the passing, you know, the Pablo Alvarez's back heel, et cetera, that just like really captivated me. And again, that, that, that legit goal, that second goal, it looked a little bit like that, where it was just a completely free flowing move. I mean, Araujo, Legit, Pavon, Zubac kind of all on the same page, moving the ball quickly, efficiently and smartly. And then it's, it's, you know, a relatively, you know, it looks relatively pedestrian for Legit to finish, but it's a difficult finish for him to make. And he makes it. And like this Legit for me is such a weird figure, right? Cause you know, he's, 
he was very honest about his his relationship with Ibrahimovic on 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 the, the BSI podcast, which mm-hmm. you know was not great. And I think he's not the only one that shares that opinion. And I think a lot of Galaxy fans gave him stick because of Ibrahimovic's stature in the soccer world. And I I understand that, but I mean, the thing about Ibrahimovic is everywhere he's gone, he's never really made friends. Um, and that like. Legit's not going to be the first person to say what he said about Ibrahimovic. And if you go through like his European career, I mean, what Ibrahimovic and Gucciniewu got into a fist fight because on way you couldn't stand the dude. Like this isn't the first time someone's expressed displeasure with Ibrahimovic. Like I don't get why Galaxy fans were like, "Oh, this is like so disrespectful." I was like, "Have you guys not followed the guy's career?" Anyway, right. And, right. Then, and then and then kind of the whole entire Becky G thing and and you know whatever. And oh. it, I will say I don't, I don't think Legit helps himself. I think he's not good at that um yeah. he's great at taking a photo but that's you know outside of that his social media skill is, is pretty not great but i mean he's you can tell he loves the game he loves being a soccer player and you know it was a game like on saturday that you know where you really saw kind of what legit is and and i you know i really hope this is this is the turning point for him in terms of his galaxy tenure because as, as we've said multiple times you know united states national team legit and galaxy legit are two very separate people um and so i hope we're going to start seeing a little bit more of us men's national team legit playing for the galaxy because he's he's a really talented player he's a smart player he knows how to you know he knows how to pick a pass he's dynamic and can be a goal scoring threat like i i I want that version of legit and i think we saw it a little bit on saturday and i hope we get to see more of it yeah i loved that the commentators said like at the end there you know legit had a flick and then vermeer had to save it and they called it an ibrahimovic style attempt and i just was like oh my god because of all the you know controversy surrounding them and also the absolutely (laughs) audacious finishes that ibrahimovic had while the time he was in this league like yes and just that comparison though um but but yeah i mean so many positive things to say about every player felcher Kitchen, um, kitchen, Sua, kitchen, stairs. Kitchen. We finally got center backs like we were talking about. Like, kitchen, you know, kitchen was a pit bull in that midfield. Like, I mean, Kitchen was flying into challenges left and right. Yeah, and he earned his yellow card just as he should. He's doing his job. He doesn't, like, I mean, he earns a yellow card every single game he plays. Like, let's well, not, that's what I mean. Let's, like, let's not, well, let's, okay, let's fair. not get too, you know, <laughs> he's, this is what he does. Um, but that's what you, you know, I mean, like he's doing his job, but yeah, but it's, it's the whole entire Perry, Perry kitchen is like the whole entire Osvaldo Alonso thing, which is you hate playing against him, but you love having him, you know, like he's always borderline ready to break someone's ankle. And when you're playing against it, it annoys the hell out of you. But when you have it on your team, you're like, oh, yes, thank God we have some midfield strength. Um, I do want to give credit to Starris and Dupuy. They were given a really tough task on the day. But I think what the one thing that they did that LAFC loves to do is, you know, what LAFC loves to do in attack is between Rossi, Rodriguez and Vela. And to a lesser extent, blessing. I mean, what they love to do is split center backs. They love to just pull you apart, you know, with the width that they have and the speed and the skill that they have, you know, the, the, the way that they quickly interchange passing and the, and the way they move. And what Steris and Dupuy did that I don't think any other team really has done against LAFC is they weren't committed to individual defending as much. So they stayed a lot, like, a lot tighter together. And I think that really made it difficult for Vela and Rossi and, Rod- and to a lesser extent Rodriguez, but I think Rodriguez has really struggled in the past season and a half, but that's, you know, a di- that's an LAFC podcast topic. Um, but they stayed, they stayed so kind of, it almost looked like there was at times a piece of rope connecting them and they never were allowed to split that rope. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. that they were so connected sent, like they were so connected that it made it really difficult for Rossi Vela and Rodriguez to operate in the spaces that they like to operate in. And 
you know, full credit to Felcher and Insel as well, because I mean, the only way that works is if your outside backs are reticent of the fact that the center backs need to stay pretty central and together. And they did a very good job of, of managing, you know, and defending to the end, because at the end there, it was like LFC kept getting chances and it was making me nervous. But then, you know, for it to clear off into his head, I was like, all right. Yeah, and, and, right. And, and, and Rolf had his moments in, in this game. I think Rolf, you know, but, but that's the thing is we've we've kind of, I think Shiloto has has officially, by putting Araujo on Rolf's wing, is kind of acquiescing to the knowledge that, look, I mean, there's going to be times when Rolf Felcher just blows coverage. It happens. It's He's an attacking, he's an attacking fullback, like. He's just it's, sometimes it's going to happen, and that's where you have a guy like Arahu, who's a little bit more defensively solid, defensively minded. Uh, probably should be starting at right back, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you, have, you know, you have Felcher who can be more attacking at the right back position, and of course, we talk about how every modern team that's good has an attacking fullback on the team, and whatever, and that's Rolf. Um, and then you have Araujo, who's a little bit more more defensively inclined. I think it, it, that kind of that yin yang is a little bit more complete than if Felcher's on that side of someone else. Um, but you know, full credit to you know, I think this was Insua's best game in a Galaxy jersey. I mean, he was absolutely brilliant at times. I mean, you know, it, it, the defensive core and the defensive rear guard was so was very they were inspiring. inspired. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were inspiring to watch. They looked they looked like you know they they had it down. And I mean, you know. The, we didn't have to worry about what if Bingham was going to come up with something, and I mean, Bingham came up with a couple. And of he things. did, yeah, he did definitely save. But the fact of the matter is, we're not talking about David Bingham in this game, and that's a good thing. Like, it's a good thing, right? That should be your last line of defense, and finally, there it is. And we haven't mentioned it deserves a lot of kudos. Corona, Joe Corona. Yeah, I mean, he's he's. I don't. I I, I almost don't want to say it, but I kind of believe he's kind of the the. There's this famous story about um uh. Laurent Blanc at the French national team and um, they derisively called him, or was it Laurent Blanc? It was one of the managers. It, it might have been Deschamps. It was either Deschamps or Laurent, uh, Blanc. But basically they, they derided they de- like derided him calling him the water carrier as if, it, like, as if he's like this, this midfield that was surplus to, re- this midfield that was surplus to requirements and all he did was carry the ball to like these, these greater stars and like mm. kind of, they jokingly called him the water carrier and like he was taken out of the team for a, a tournament and France loses in the group stage. And he kind of comes back and says, well, you know, who was care like who was carrying the water? Like to me, that's almost Joe Corona is Joe Corona is not, you know, he's not defensively, you know, he's not defensively a Perry kitchen. He's never been, he never will be. He's not really kind of the attacking brilliance of legit. He's just a guy that gets the job done and there's nothing wrong with that. And he does it in a very, he does, he, he's never been flashy. He's always been just a consistently solid midfielder. And sometimes just in terms of balancing out, you know, a center three of midfield, you just need, sometimes need a guy that's not going to be fussy, not going to be anything. That's just going to be a guy that's really good at passing the ball, holding the ball and, and keeping possession. That's Joe Corona. Like that's been Joe Corona's career for his entire, you know, for his entire time in, in professional soccer. He's never been, you know, the guy that steals headlines, but I mean, he was part, you know, he was critical to a lot of very good U.S. men's national teams. He's critical to this Galaxy team, I think, I think in terms of that role as the, the guy that just links everything together and makes kind of, sets sets the the grandfather clock running so to speak yeah um definitely corona blocked vela and i know vela hasn't played in six months whatever but like um you know the galaxy did a good job to keep to keep him at bay and you know if we're talking about stiff and rusty um and our subs i mean sasha question looked you know well i think i think i think sasha mm-hmm. was, was 
I changed my mind about the Sasha substitution from when we talked on Saturday night. I think this was a great idea. I think this Sasha's not again, Sasha's a veteran. He's a, he's not a fussy player. He's a guy that's not going to take too many extra risks and he's a shot in the arm in terms of energy. I think this was, you know, they needed that. I, I in terms of substitutions, if we're going to point to a sub that really didn't have the best of days, I don't think Efrain Alvarez looked good against Yeah, that's another looked, one that I was thinking. I mean, and the the other thing is, you know, GBS didn't use all his subs again. Yeah. Well, the the whole entire five sub thing, I think really does screw with coaches in terms of the way that they game plan. I think Shaloto is basically saying, look, I'm going to act like the five subs thing doesn't exist. And I'm just going to pretend like we're in a normal situation, which, you know, full credit to him. But, you know, I, I would have loved to see, you know, maybe Cameron Dunbar get 10 minutes at the end mm-hmm. there or, or mm-hmm. Kai Perenia maybe get five. But, you know, I think, you know, I, I, I mean, I understand, you know, Araujo goes down with cramps. The, the only really like-for-like substitution is, is Alvarez. But, I mean, I've, I've seen a couple of performances from Efron Alvarez that, you know, I'm starting to really question if, if mentally he's invested in his development the way he needs to be. Like, I, you know. He's we, so young, too. Yeah, we, we keep hearing about how, you know, this kid's incredibly talented, whatever. And I look at people, you know, my, my direct comparison, in it, and it's most definitely not a clean comparison, but in terms of just age and given the opportunities and you know relative positioning is is John Luca Busio over at Spartan Kansas City and Busio is getting opportunities and he looks good in every single one yeah Efrain Busio looks a little bit more plugged in a little bit more you know just there uh than than Efrain has in in, in some recent appearances and I you know I mean I the kid's 16 like we yeah. were all I'm I I know I'm kind of well, being started old. at 16. What is he? Yeah. 17, 18 now. Yeah, I think he's probably 17 now. Um, and and maybe I'm being a bit harsh at a 17 year old kid, and everyone matures differently. And and you know. Yeah, but but again, I, I feel like this is where you're in your prime at this point. Well, he, he, the thing is, you know, he, he there are there are members of his age group that have gone to Europe and have made differences at their clubs. I you know I, I think of Giorena. You know, I think of Alex Mendez at Wolfsburg. You know, I think of of you know Soto and 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 those guys. You mm-hmm. know, they're the same age as him, and you know, arguably, just based on raw talent, a lot of people who are smarter at, you know, looking at youth prospects, keep telling me, you know, Efrain Alvarez is the real deal, and I'm like, I don't see it right now, and I think that's you know maybe maybe he needs a shift in 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 place, maybe he needs. Shaloto or, or some of the coaching staff to just kind of get in his ear and say, look, you know, if you want this, you have to take it seriously. And, and you know, I, I just, I, this performance, I think, really confirms for me that, like, I, I just think there's something with Efrain, you know, right now where he's, I think he's he's missing out on really taking advantage of the enormous talent that he undeniably has. But, I mean, again, kid 17, I was, I was definitely not taking advantage of my full talent when I was 17, so maybe that's just... You know, <laughs> an, oh, an, age and, and, an age thing <laughs> and a, kind of a perspective store. thing. Yeah, but it, and maybe it's just an age and a perspective thing where it's like you know he turns twenty and kind of just gets it and like that could happen. But like I'd, I'd like to see more in terms of and and maybe it's also the fact that Shalos not really giving the kids a lot of chances and that's just disheartening. You know, yeah, I, 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 I can't imagine that's heartening. DTK was talking about you know growing the kids up from the academy up. This is how you do this. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, I, I think you know Efrain obviously needs more time, but I think you know he's I need I need a little bit more. At, at this point to, to really believe the talent that everyone says he has. But that, I mean, like if, again, if that's my only complaint coming out of this game that I think, you know, Efrain Alvarez just didn't really have a great game, then, you know, that speaks to how complete the galaxy performance was. Right. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. LAFC really didn't have any dangerous chances in this game. I mean, you know, Bingham has to make one or two saves, but you know, 
you point at those saves and say, well, every keeper in the world that, you know, is at a high level is going to make those, not even at a high level, like from the third division on is going to make those saves. Like, right. this isn't, you know, this was probably, you know, this is a complete galaxy performance. It was 90 minutes of just pure focused energy. And it, it, I mean, they took down a team that is, that is, you know, probably the best in MLS on its day. And that's, that's a good position to be in for us right now. Yeah. Especially since we have such a losing streak and Speaking of the subs, so our roster, we were saying, has, you know, a shallow depth. So, you know, if you don't bring in Sasha, I was like, who do you bring in? Uh, you were happy that there was no Pipo Gonzalez. And, of course, Jonathan Dos Santos was not at full health, so he came in um, as a spark off the bench. Yeah, I mean, Jonah looked like a guy that hadn't played a competitive match in five months. Like, same thing with Vela. Where, you know, Vela looked like a guy that hadn't played a competitive match in five months. I'm... But you know, still, having Jonathan Dos Santos yeah. on his worst day is still better than not you know, having him. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather start Jonah over Kitchen, I think, in this game. But, like, you know, it's, he, it, you know, he's he's recovering. Like, that's fine. Um, you know, I, I think, again, I think Jonah, I, I've, I've long opined that I think Jonah is central to what the Galaxy do very well. Um, and, and, and if, it, kind of, as Jonah goes, the Galaxy go. And, you know, I mean... He did look a little off the pace, but I mean, there was moments, especially in like the last, I'd say, five to six minutes of this match where Jonah was the highest player on the field. And I mean, he was pressing the hell out of LAFC center backs. And I was just thinking to myself, like, that's kind of, you know, I missed that in Orlando. Like, I really missed that in Orlando. Like, I think this team would have been a lot better off had he played in Orlando. Um, but, I, I, you know, it, I, I agree with all of Shiloto's substitutions. I mean, Alvarez for Araujo, like for like Araujo, you don't expect to go down with cramps. It, I mean... Astell and Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Astell and Hernandez was pretty hot out there. Um, you know, Sasha clutched in, shot in the arm, veteran presence, never going to take too many risks. Actually, you know, like can get out there, calm, calm the younger guys down, calm things down, and then you know, Jonah, you have to give him time to to recover. So you know, you, you bring him on in a game where you defensively needed you need you need, you need defensive coverage to hold on for the last fifteen minutes. It, it, all of that makes sense. You know, the only the only change I would have made, I would have loved to see Cameron Dunbar at some point. Yeah. You know, but I, I, mm, I... Would you have put in Jonathan Klinsman at any point? No. Why? <laughs> like, I mean... Um, just because we were already up 2-0, so it's like, let's see what he can do. <laughs> why waste a sub that you... you I, no, I, I I would not have. Um, I, I, I don't believe in subbing goalkeepers unless they're injured. Um, I, mm. I, I mean, I firmly believe that to the point of even, like, I get really annoyed when coaches sub out goalkeepers for in the World Cup during penalty shootouts. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. The, like the Dutch did against Argentina in 2014. Like that just annoys the hell out of me. Um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so so no, I would not have because I'm a traditionalist in that respect. Um, you know, and also I don't, I don't think Bingham would have. I I, I don't think you would have. I think it would have crushed Bingham's confidence in a way that you, yeah, absolutely. You, would, no. you would never. You would never get it back. Um, I was gonna so, say like this is where you can see Bingham really. Let me fight for his position. <laughs> Well, also, I mean, the good thing about Bingham, and I, and I, I don't know this about Klinsman, but Bingham's a very vocal uh, guy. No, he definitely uh, is. I, to, yeah, like, even it. just being in the stands, you hear him yelling at the other players. Yeah, he's, he's good about marshalling a defense. And like, yeah. that's, that's one of his underrated skills. He's very good at marshalling a defense. The problem is that he's not had a defense so much to speak in front of him, and that's been the problem here. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the again, the star of this game is is... Julian Araujo, there's no question, but I also think one of the underrated stars of this game is Nick Dupuy, who oh, yeah. has, I mean, he, you, you watch the passage of play where he, he puts Vela in his pocket and, and robs him twice of the ball. Like, I mean, he's good. Um, and, you know, I, 
I think Nick Dupuy just earned himself the starting role at center back, which is, you know, I'm, I'm excited to give him a shot. I thought he looked good in Houston. I, you know, the, the goal that we can see in Houston in the first game of the season, you know, it's, it's theoretically Nick Dupuy's error, but you think about the fact that he's never played, you know, like at this level and, you know, it's the first game of the season. It's a communication error. You know, he blows coverage. Like that's going to happen in the first five games of the season. I didn't really blame him for that. Um, but I think Nick Dupuy definitely earned himself the starting role uh, moving forward. Yeah. Um, speaking of, okay. So before we get into the Seattle game, did you want to say anything else about like no people Gonzalez? And well, I mean, I, I think, People Gonzalez sitting on the bench probably watched that defensive performance and realized he's probably going to need a new club in the next six months because um, yeah. he's most definitely surplus to requirements at this point. Um, look, I mean, again, it, it, I'll, I keep going back. This is a consummate Galaxy performance. Like, this, is, this is the best 90 minutes I think the Galaxy have turned in in a very long time. Um, you know, and, and, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a different, di- disappointing performance from LAFC. I think, you know, no Atuesta really killed that midfield. Ginella is not necessarily like for like replacement. Um, I mean, Carlos Velo looked off the pace, understandable. He hadn't played in five months. And then, of course, the injury. Um, I mean, Diego Rossi, after having a fire uh, time in, in, in Orlando, kind of looked a little slow. Um, but I also, you know, I, I, I give credit to the Galaxy defense for, for containing probably the best player in MLS right now in Diego Rossi and, and for really just not allowing LAFC to feel like they had any room to breathe or any room to feel comfortable, you know, trying to, trying to move the ball quickly. And, and, you know, that's what you need to do against LAFC. And the Galaxy did it. And, you know, I'm I'm very cautiously optimistic because I mean, you know, if they can turn in you know, six more ninety minute performances like this, you know, we're talking about a very different club. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and that that this will, if we can see how the next few games go. I mean, that their rivals also helps because I feel like the Galaxy really do step it up. Usually, every time they every time before that. 6-2 loss. They've stepped it up against LAFC if nobody else. If, if, um, you can't, if you can't get up for a rivalry game, then you shouldn't be in a professional locker room as far as I'm concerned. Correct. But but like for example, like we're we're playing Seattle on Wednesday, and Seattle we see as a rival because I mean sure you could say West Coast, but it's really because of our history with that team in the playoffs. So we're they're gonna have to be changes. They can't come out and be, you know, doing because that's that's a little concerning for me with Escaloto. Sometimes he he uses the same tactics and think it's gonna work, but Seattle's a different team and they just beat Portland. Yeah, and and I mean they they looked efficient and Seattle esque, so to speak, in that right. performance against against that you know, makes Portland. Them contenders just, for the cup. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Th- the Seattle roster is in the top three of MLS rosters right now. Like, I mean, there's no question between Rui Diaz and, and Nico Lodero and, and I mean, Jordan Morris and, and, and that defense, I mean, they're, they are very, they're a very tough ask. And I think, you know, the thing about it is it almost did look like LAFC mentally capitulated on the field against the galaxy. Seattle doesn't do that. Spencer is very, you know, Spencer's very good about getting his guys going. Um, so I, th- I was going to say shout out to the thir- the twelfth uh, man, the Sun, for the <laughs> El Tráfico game. Yeah, but 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 again, I mean, if the Galaxy can go out there again, it's it's almost the game plan rewrites itself, where it's like you know, if you can stifle Seattle for 70, 80 minutes, then you've got a pretty good shot against them. It doesn't have to be pretty; it's just got to be focused and 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 cohesive. Um, you know, the, the Galaxy again don't have to get pretty; like they don't have to ch- really change the tactical book here. I mean, 
you know, it would be nice if Jonah could go 90 in this game. I think Jonah is going to be, would be a really big asset to have in terms of marking yeah, out. Start him. Yeah. Marking Nico Ladera out of the game. But again, you know, he's coming back from injury. We don't really know kind of where that, that, that is. Um, but I think if you, you know, if you can, you can mark Nico Lodero out of the game and, and really do a good job of it. It's almost the same thing against LAFC, which is if you can mark their star midfielder out of the game and then make it really difficult for their star forward forward and winger to operate in space, then you've got a pretty good shot against them. And I think that's you know, if, actually something that I wanted to that. say. Yeah, you know? because LAFC was cut off guard. Like for all the excuses, for all of what LAFC didn't do, the Galaxy made LAFC play that way. Well, also, I mean, the Galaxy... You know, the thing about traffic goes past versus this one is that after the Galaxy scored the second goal, I didn't really have, I didn't, I didn't feel like this was going to turn into a little bit more chaotic. Like I, I yeah, I, I didn't feel like oh, we're gonna we're gonna fall behind the lead. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like oh, you know, I, I truly believe LAFC could probably get a goal here, you know, on the counter or something like that. Like no, like I mean, once the Galaxy scored the second goal, there was no question. You know, mm-hmm. Galaxy yeah, and there was plenty of time left. Went out and stamped their authority over the last sixty minutes of this game, and like that's something that we haven't really seen from a galaxy team over the past two years before so you know i think maybe that's the, the thing that's been missing maybe that's the thing that really propels this galaxy team forward is that they're not giving up stupid goals anymore like that the the, the what i saw in that 90 minutes was that they they have no intention of giving up stupid goals anymore after you know they've taken a lead and that is that's a confidence that we really haven't seen from the galaxy um and so i think if you know if they if they can get it to an early lead against seattle and just you know slowly you know suck the oxygen out of the game then you know they've got a good shot against this the seattle side yeah i really it would be another really confidence boosting um would solidify a little more cuz right now my my i love la galaxy win or lose right now i've got about the uh, consistency of Jello and my faith in them uh, right now, uh, as far as how it's going. But, um, but yeah, I feel like if we can beat Seattle, because they beat LAFC in the playoffs, they are always contenders for MLS Cup. And even when they look like they're bottom of the table, suddenly there they go picking up again. So I definitely, um, you know, since home field advantage isn't even a thing right now, it doesn't matter because you know Seattle relies on their fans pretty pretty big too. Um, to get them fired up. So we'll have to see how how that fares against the Galaxy. Um, I'm so excited. It's another game. It's on TUDN, so I'm going to have to, like, get Fubo TV and, like, hit record. Because <laughs> I have to work again. I mean, I think, I think you know, if, if the Galaxy... I mean, well, and, and it's interesting because LAC and Seattle kind of mimic each other in a lot of respects in terms of the way that they position their fullbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, and what the Galaxy did so incredibly well against LAFC was basically said, okay, if you're going to pin your wingbacks high, we're going to punish you every single time down the flanks. You know, they can do that again against LAFC or against uh, Seattle, excuse me. Um, you know, and the, and the other thing I think the big tactical wrinkle here is, is you know, does Julian Araujo come back in again? And, you know, because oh, what Julian God, Araujo, so. well, what Julian Araujo did after this. Was, was, you know, the two assists were, were great and that's, you know, all wonderful and window dressing. But I think the most important thing Julian Araujo did in this game was as a defensive winger. Like, I mean, he choked out space. He made it very difficult for, you know, LAFC center mids to operate. He tucked inside and, you know, didn't really necessarily play out on the wing, like, you know, boots to the touchline, kind of chalk on the boots style kind of stuff. Tucked in a little bit more inside and made it really difficult for LAFC to operate through the center of midfield. I think if he can do that again against Nico Lodero and that Seattle midfield, then Seattle's going to have trouble. Um, the problem is, w- when it comes to the Seattle game, is I think with Bob Bradley and LAFC, Bob Bradley's such a tactical 
dog dogmatist. He's he, he's tactically dogmatic about what he does and what his teams do, and that you know this was kind of always the complaint about Bob Riley when he was coaching the U.S. Men's National Team, which was that it was you know the empty bucket four four two, and that's what we're going to do, and we don't really we don't have a plan B because we know this is going to work so well. And right, I, and and you said that Bradley got this game wrong, and that GBS hit the wing the wingbacks this time. You know, yeah. The the thing about the difference between him and Schmetzer, and why Schmetzer's gotten under Bob Bradley's skin, and why this Seattle team has gotten under LAFC skin, is because Schmetzer knows how to change things around. He's got the he's got the personnel to do it. He's got the tactical news to do it, and he's not afraid to do it. He's not afraid to scrap a game plan half you know halfway through a first half when he knows he's got it wrong. Like that's I mean the reason why Seattle wins you know the the conference final last year against LAFC 3-0 and, and does it in such really comfortable fashion is because you know Schmetzer realizes that if he sits his team deep and makes it really difficult for LAFC to operate then they can hit him on the counter and they do it three times to incredible effect like Schmetzer is a smarter coach than Bob Bradley is in my opinion and I think no I completely agree a thousand percent and not uh, just because like I'm hating on Bob Bradley like no, no I, look look at the history I I've, I've I've long maintained my respect for Bob Bradley I, I do respect the man a lot um I find his his assumed arrogance after his European jaunt a little bit jarring and, and disappointing, but he's still one of the best coaches the United States has ever seen. Correct. Um, but I think, I just think, you know, Schmetzer's ability to tactically change things on the fly. I mean, even in MLS cup final, when we did the MLS cup preview last year, I, I said, I, I don't know what I'm going to see from Spencer because what Spencer does so well is that he can, he can start in a four, three, three, and then it can turn into a three, five, two. And all of a sudden, Oh wait, it's a four, five, one, or is it a four, four, you know, four, four, one, one. Does anyone really know? Like that's, what Schmetzer does very well, and that's makes that makes that's what makes Seattle so dangerous. Is that you don't really know what you're going to get tactically from Seattle because they can just give you four different looks in a game. So, mm-hmm. but I think if the Galaxy, yeah, can, Galaxy have to be able to adjust. Well, I think, but I think the answer to that is do what the Galaxy did against LAFC, which is just keep it simple, stupid. Like, I mean, <laughs> just don't. It, you know, cool. Okay, congratulations. You're playing in a three-five-two. We thought you started in a four-three-three. Still going to hit you on the wing back. Still going to keep defensively solid. Araujo still going to make it hard for you to operate in the midfield. Like that's that's all the galaxy really need to do. And I mean, they have enough talent in the attacking third that they can get it done. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I think it's going to be an, in, it's going to be an interesting game. Um, it's going to be a tough game. I think there's no question. I think so. I think so. I would be surprised if it, if we were either down a goal or, or level like with like a one, one on the way into the second half. Um, I mean, also, also they're defending MLS come champions. That just makes things difficult in general. It, it does. Um, yeah, and Jordan Morris honestly is having a better run now. I mean, he's really recovered. I mean, um, still, still made a glass, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, Jordan Morris is probably the best player outside of Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna in American jersey right now. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's a really good player, guys. And, and I know he gets a lot of stick, but he's really good at soccer. Um, but yeah, no, I think if he scores like almost every game, I think now with yeah, it, since since this yeah. weird twenty twenty season, <laughs> the Galaxy don't have to be flashy in this game. And again, this is this is this was the secret to do that that 2011 team. They don't have to be flashy. They just got to go out there and 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 play a pretty simple game plan and do it to, you know, an excellent level. That's what they did against LAFC. They can go do that against Seattle in my opinion. Like mm. it, it, yeah, I think Shaloto got a little too ambitious at times with his tactics and, and his tactical planning and I think he just kind of the, again, it was it, the game plan on on Saturday was just keep it simple and they can, you know, that wins you a lot of games. I mean, that was you could really tenure you could name Bruce Arena's tenure with the LA Galaxy, which is keep it simple, stupid. Like I mean, you know, like that's that's mm-hmm. all they have to do. And and I think that that can be effective. Yeah, and I think Seattle should worry because you know this this was uh, our first clean sheet against uh, LAFC. This was the you know first away win. 
for us this season. So I think I think the Galaxy are more than capable. Well, also it, it, on the Seattle front, I mean, Seattle's also very susceptible to set pieces, and I think you know the Galaxy showed that they are you know between Dupuy, Sterez. I mean, Zubek's pretty good in the air too now with what we've learned, and you know, Rolf Filter's an aerial threat as well. I mean, the Galaxy showed that they're they are a good team when it comes to set piece attacking, so they they will get their opportunities. I still hate short corners. I don't care. Ban, ban, <laughs> ban short corners permanently. This is my life. Yeah, it was it was a good ball. Um, you know when they took that short corner, and I mean that led sure. to Zubek scoring. But like, <laughs> I I was watching it with a uh, with a friend, socially distanced, masks on, etc. Um, and I literally before Araujo's cross, I literally said ban short. I yelled ban short corners, and then Araujo crossed it in, and Zubek scores it. And I just got this look like really. And I'm just like, I still <laughs> pinch for quarters. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, yeah. Give me, so give me a meaty header from a six five center back any day of the week. Right. I, and I swear, I swear somebody had tweeted in Twitter, do your thing where somebody had said, Oh, you know, all we need is like a zoo bag header, zoo bag headers or something like that. And they were joking about it uh, leading to a hat trick. And well, here we are with a zoo bag header. Um, but the Galaxy disrupted, you know, LFC's momentum. If they can do the same against Seattle, we're golden. I feel, I really, look, as much as, like, rivals LAFC and the Sounders are, you know we want to take it to San Jose. Yeah. And we'll preview that, you guys, of course. That, that I'm, I'm excited to preview that San Jose game because oh, I, as, as much as, as I... Especially since they're a good team right now. As much as I Because of Almeida. I know, as, and we hate them. As much as I hate saying it, they're probably the most fun team to watch in MLS right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know that'll be the real challenge, our Cali Classico. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, this is a good. I mean, you know, obviously this is difficult, but you know, these six games are difficult considering how good the West is. But like, is you know, if the Galaxy needed a spark and a shot in the arm as an organization, you know, to to remind them of of where they stand, you know, starting with this performance against LAFC is a very very good way to start. So are you going to have a cardboard cutout of yourself in the stadium? I think I'm going to do it. I think I think I'm going to do it. It's probably going to be me like with my notebook open, just judging like pointing to <laughs> some tactical notes that I've taken or me, me with me with my phone out uh, trying to record a video message to you during the game about something that I've noticed. Right. I'm living. I'm living again. Thank you, uh, LA Galaxy fam on Twitter for making my feed light up. Um, and it's not just because we beat LAFC, but it's because we had, you know, a lot of positive things to say. And, you know, it's good to criticize the Galaxy because we love our team and we're going to call them out. But it was just it was just really great to see everybody say okay we were wrong and i love how this looks and let's let's keep bringing it yeah and i mean it's going to be an exciting i mean yeah. it's an exciting time also i mean also look at the names that are linked with the galaxy right now between Iguain, suarez gavani balotelli who i would not be happy about him coming but um you know like it, there seems to be this seems to be the beginning of it just feels different. Like, you know, this, this win, and I understand it's, it's a rivalry game and rivalry games mean more. And, you know, that, that feeling of, of a victory against them is, it is good. But like, I mean, it just, the, this performance just felt so different than every galaxy performance I, I had seen for the past year and a half. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just didn't feel like. And this business. is what we knew was sitting there all along. Yeah, exactly. Like this didn't feel like business as usual. Like this did feel like there was 
you know, and, and maybe it's me being incredibly optimistic and kind of drinking the the, the joy of, of of a win against a, a rival and in, in, in a critical time. Say a white claw, like legit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like you know, kind of drinking the the the, the drinking in the celebration of victory against a, a rival in, in a mm-hmm. critical time for for this club, but it just did feel like something was organizationally different on the field against against LAFC on that Saturday. Yeah, yeah, uh, completely, completely, and I just can't emphasize enough. Like, I as like again, uplifting as this win against LAFC is, I the Galaxy cannot rest. They cannot be comfortable they cannot be complacent um it is it is full-on steam ahead and we got we got two more tough matches coming up so i'm here for it there there is there when you saw the schedule come out there was no easy match of those six matches that we've been no but now it's like we can actually compete because that was the hardest part was just like are we even going to be able to compete in this yeah and and it's it they needed that performance on, yeah. on Saturday. They, just, they I mean, just needed that. It still blows my mind because we just come back from Florida. It's crazy to me. I mean, I'm so proud of this team to be able to tighten up for Escaloto to show us what he's still got, you know. Um, it, it's still, I mean, it, it's interesting just how, to me, how how quickly they turned it around. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I agree 110%. With, with the same roster <laughs> you know so yeah, yeah they were, they're working it um yeah stay tuned and we can't wait to bring you what happens next after wednesday yeah I'd, hopefully hopefully more good news yeah all righty follow us give us a like thank you so much <laughs>